Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time to turn your garden into a smart garden on News Radio 830 WCCO. Smart Gardens, an hour of expert advice and answers to all of your lawn and gardening questions. You can call 989-9226 or text us at 81807. Now, here's Denny Law with this week's Smart Garden. On this holiday weekend, always welcoming your calls and your text messages. If you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, call it in or text uh, them in. To Teresa Rooney, Master Gardener, back with us. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Hope you had a nice, quiet one. It was a nice, quiet one. Yeah. The pets behaved themselves, so life was Oh, they good. did. Well, life is good. Life is good. I, uh, I was talking to uh, morning producer Jimmy Erickson yesterday, and he said, Doggone it, I hope uh, the weather holds out today, meaning yesterday, so I can get out and get rid of some of those leaves. Exactly. And I thought, you know what? I was going to be a couch potato, but I think... But you so found did, the energy. Found the energy to blow some leaves and then take the uh, lawnmower with a bag and clean up the yard. So now it's beautiful out there. So let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Well, it was not long <laughs> after that that it started to rain. <laughs> so, you, so I think you my timing was perfect. good. Yes, That's of course. Good. But uh, if you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, you want to talk to Teresa, Master Gardener here, helping us out from time to time here on CCO. Again, text number is 81807. Uh, or call 651-989-9226. Don't wait till the end of don't the show. Don't wait till the end. We don't want to miss your call. Right, and, and we do tend to get busy on this show, so uh, by all means. And our good friends at By the Yard, that local CCO family-run business that make the best patio furniture in the whole world, sponsor this show every week, By the Yard. It's a great time of year to pick up that furniture. Great gift-giving. Wonderful that. gift, yeah. and it's by local or support your local. Yeah, you um, talk about a green company, not yep. the color, of course, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Uh, the, although they do have green furniture, they do they indeed, do. lots of color. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. You can call us now. We had a question earlier uh, this morning, Teresa, about um, when to do dormant seating. First of all, what mm-hmm. is dormant seating? Dormant seating is when you're going to overseed or start a new lawn, and you're doing it so you're not expecting it to grow this season. So basically now could be the time to do it unless you already have snow on the ground, then you're a little too late. But what you do is you put the seed down. You want to make as good seed-to-soil contact as possible, just like you would any other time. So putting it over the leaves is not really going to work. And then you hope for the best. And by that I mean hopefully it will come up in the spring when it's ready. However, in the meantime, it could be eaten by birds. It could be eaten by voles and mice. It could be washed away if you have a, a fast snow melt. Or or if we get a long, um, moist spring, it could rot before it comes up. But it's a chance you take. So, But it is something that you can do. If you do dormant seeding, though, you aren't going to be using crabgrass pre-emergent oh, that's in good spring. Point. Because then you would stop that seed from sprouting and growing also. Can't do both. You, you can't do both at the same time, no. Mm-mm. And I, I was thinking, as, as you were saying, seed to, to, to ground contact, mm-hmm. which is necessary. Yes. What if your lawn is, uh, ground is frozen? 
Well, that's okay. You're st- it's still going to be on the it's ground. It's still going to be yeah. there. So you want right. to touch it as close as you don't want, I see. you know. So step on it. Um, you know, put the back of the rake. Make sure the contact is. You there. want that contact because seeds don't usually sprout in the air. They need that soil to <laughs> sprout. It's good thinking. <laughs> I've tried that before. Because you don't want work. seeds sprouting in the air. That wouldn't be a good thing. All right, Teresa, six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Let's go to the phones. George is calling from Eden Prairie. Hi, George. Good morning. Hi, George. Good morning. Uh, is this a good time to uh, trim uh, um, more maples or, for that matter, any uh, maple tree? You can go ahead and trim your maples if you want. Um, you know, I, I, I tell people try not to trim if you don't have to this time of year because the, this, the plants may not have gone totally dormant. And if they're going into dormancy and, and then you start trimming, they may start to want to grow then in those places. Also, if they have gone dormant, the earlier in the winter season that you prune them, and trim them, that wound is not going to seal up as quickly because the plants are dormant. And we have very dry winters. So the dryness works its way further and further and further into the into the plant before it can seal up. So if you can put off pruning till later, that's okay. But sometimes this is the only time you've got to prune, and you go ahead and prune and do what you've got to do. Very good. Thank you, George. Uh, there's a line open if you want to use it to call Teresa, 651-989-9226. Or if it's easier, send a text, 81807. Just like Catherine did from St. Paul. Uh, she said, I planted my last 40 tulip and allium Alliums. bulbs oh. yesterday. I got rained on, but I did it. Thanks for the great advice all summer. Great. Catherine, you're going to have a beautiful spring um, show in your garden. If you can dig in the ground, you can still plant your tulips. So don't be afraid to try that. Um, especially if you think, you know, I want some spring color because you can't plant those things in the spring. You need to plant them in the fall. You know, we have listeners all over, I was going to say all over the country, all over the world, too, mm-hmm. given the Internet. That's true. Uh, a lot of folks have friends or family visiting. Oh, wonderful. Uh, here in the Twin Cities, uh, or in what we lovingly call CCO land. Yes. So five states and a couple of provinces in Canada, for that matter, mm-hmm. our signal goes. But uh, for those that are local, uh, I, I always like to mention this this time of year, is to get to the Arboretum. Go to the Arboretum. Um, you know, get a membership or just go out there for the day. They have light stuff going on. You can walk. Uh, I think they might have closed Three Mile Drive now, so now you can walk it. So it's a wonderful way to get some exercise. Over the winter, they have cross-country skiing out there. I think they even have snowshoeing. There's so much to do. There's often a master gardener out there, I believe, on Saturday, maybe Sunday, too. I can't remember, to answer your questions. They usually have a wonderful display in the Great Hall. There's a there's the pier, the poinsettia tree, yeah. the big poinsettia tree again this year. Uh, so there's just a lot going on out there. They have a small conservatory. So if you just need to go in and get some green and some moisture and, and pretend you're in the jungle for a minute while it's rages snow outside, they have a tiny conservancy out there. Uh, so it's just a um, wonderful place to go. Yeah, if you're thinking of something to do with your something guests. Something to do with your guests. Yeah. It's just amazing. And, and it's just, and it's, you know, all here local in Minnesota. And, and it's a jewel that we often forget about. It's true. Yeah. And where is it located? If you head west on Highway 5. Highway 5. And just keep going and just past, I believe it's 41. 41. And yep. then you make the, the left into the into the. You'll see the big sign there, there, there at that exactly, intersection. Exactly. Yep. And you'll know five. you're getting close because there'll be vineyards and apple tree um, apple tree orchards on the side. Minnesota Landscape Arboretum. Arboretum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great place. Wonderful place to go. Let's go back to the phones. Teresa Larry is calling from Maple Lake, I believe. Larry, you're on CCO with Teresa. Hi, Larry. Thank you. 
Yeah, I just heard about overseeding. I have a, some good uh, nitrogen for fall uh, application, and the question I have with all the frost we've had, and is it still okay to put down the nitrogen t- like today? That's a good question. It's really kind of late to put down the the the, um, the winterizer. That is more of a of a spring. Uh, I'm sorry, a late a middle to early to mid September. Um, I would probably not put it down. You just don't know if the ground has started to freeze already. It's not going to work its way into the soil, and it could be washed off um, because the ground is getting more and more frozen all the time. So I would probably not apply it at this time. Um, Save it for next fall. Just keep it dry. It'll last just wonderfully. Um, it, It can even sit out in the garage and freeze. As long as it doesn't get wet, it'll be just fine. And then you can go ahead and use it next year. You won't have to buy any next year, and you should be okay. Yeah. Thanks, Larry. Thanks, Larry. Larry. Larry leaves that line open, 651-989-9226. Uh, bunch of texts, as usual, Teresa. You're used to that. <laughs> 81807. Uh, let's see. We're, oh, we got a few more now. Uh, now that, this came from Dan, now that three black walnut trees have been cut down around the garden and plants, will its effect on my other plants exist, or will its poisonous effects subside soon? What happens is it, it has a product uh, chemical in it called juglone. That juglone is throughout the entire plant. So it's still in the roots. Now, you're not going to have to worry about leaves. You're not going to have to worry about the rain having juglone in it. So you're going to be okay if you just grow everything above ground. As the roots decompose, that juglone will eventually disappear. But since they're probably big trees, it's probably going to take quite a bit of time. So understand that as you're digging in the soil, you, your plants may come in contact. Their roots may come in t- contact with roots that had juglone in them and may not have already decomposed. But now you have a wonderful open space. You have probably lots of sun. So just do some raised beds. Um, if you want to put down some cardboard uh, that under on top of the soil and then grow your raised beds on top of that, that will really help those plants. And, and you should be okay. Eventually the juglone does dissipate, um, but that's as the plant roots decay. Oh, okay. Very good, Dan. Texter says, I have, by the way, the text number 81807 for your lawn or garden question for Teresa. Uh, I have, Texter says, summer and fall-bearing raspberries. Oh, wonderful. Should I cut them back? I haven't in the past and got two harvests. If I do cut them back, how will they be affected? Um, you know, and this, and I always get a little confused with raspberries. I don't know why my brain just won't accept what, what I know about raspberries. I would go to the extension site, extension.umn.edu. And they have a wonderful four or five page article there. Click on the yard and garden tab and just or just Google raspberries UMN and it'll tell you when to prune. It's usually later in the season and you can often cut them all down. Um, but I would definitely refer to that um, publication first. I'm glad you brought up the website because it is such a great resource. It's a wonderful I, I mean, it's resource. just fun reading. If you... it, 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 there's a lot in there, and they've yeah. redesigned it a yes. lot. And, and I'm still looking. Uh, a gentleman wanted me to find a, a veggie page that I knew was out there, and, and he couldn't find it. And I haven't been able to find it yet, but I'm still looking still for it. Still working I was up at Wyndham Park over the week, over last week, and, and I'm looking for it. Don't I'm still looking for All it. Right. Don't give your up homework. on me. <laughs> you know what we need to do? I want to alert Shirley and JC. Hang on the line and other callers and texters because we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back to ask your question of Master Gardener Teresa Rooney here on 830 WCCO. Hey, good morning. Welcome back to CCO's Smart Garden Show. We're in the midst of answering your questions. Teresa Rooney, Master Gardener, is doing the answering. You do the asking either by phone or by text. 
651-989-9226. I see a line open if you want to use it or just send Teresa your text, 81807. I know, Teresa, we promised some folks on the line they wouldn't have to hang on too much longer. Let's get back to the JC is calling from Bloomington. JC, you're on with Teresa. Hi, JC. Hi, good morning. I've called you before about this problem. Okay. Uh, the last 10 years, I've taken care of my mother's gravesite with a geranium. In the first eight years, I never re- experienced Japanese beetles. Mm-hmm. Last year, I went through two geranium plants because of the beetles. Mm-hmm. And this year, there was hardly any at all. Are we getting a handle on eradicating them? No. Oh. <laughs> You're just lucky. <laughs> Sorry. It was just lucky they just didn't find your, your geranium. Um, geraniums are like drugs to Japanese beetles. They just kind of head to the geranium and they just eat it and they don't do anything else. They just really get into the into it. It's like a, it's a drug really for them. It mm. just impacts them. It's not like a food. It's like a drug and they really just – so they'll really go for your, for your geraniums. And it could just be that in this instance um, there were no Japanese beetles in the area or they found something closer – Somebody else's, maybe somebody had, I don't know, they were all, uh, who knows what. But yeah, we've, we're finding that the populations do vary quite a bit and, and they can move around. You get big big influxes and then it goes down. But I don't think we're anywhere near coming to terms with them. Okay, thank you. It's, it's, it's a process. It is. A long process. Let's see what Shirley has to say from Hopkins. Shirley, you're on CCO. Good morning. Okay, good morning. Shirley. Uh, back to tulips. Yes. Um, I bought tulips and I delayed putting them out, and um, then the ground froze. And when I went out there, I couldn't believe it, but it was frozen. Mm-hmm. Could I start those indoors in the spring and then move them to the spot I want them to be? Tulips need a, a chill time. So what you can do is plant them up in pots and put them in your refrigerator. You'll have to give them water occasionally because most of us have those refrigerators that are no fr- uh, no frost. So they... they um, they take the moisture out of the air all the time. You want to also, if you're going to do that and put them in the fridge, make sure that they don't have any apples in there. That will impact the, the geranium, or I'm sorry, the tulip, and it may actually kill the flower of the tulip because uh, the flower is already to go. But they need a chill time, so you have to chill them, and usually planting them up is the easiest way. If you have a root cellar, um, that probably won't get cold enough, but you can give it a shot. Otherwise, they do need to be chilled, and then you can bring them out and get them growing in the spring. All right. Text number, by the way, 81807. Here's a text, Teresa. Can evergreens and arborvitae still be watered this Sunday or Monday? Well, I'm looking at the forecast. Well, you can water them if the ground isn't frozen. Please, if it's not please frozen. Please do water them. Yeah. Yeah, if you if you have the inclination and can get the hoses out or, or a jug of water or something and, and the ground isn't frozen, please do water them. Yes. The t- current temperature is 37, and it's already starting to drop. We'll drop to 23 overnight, and the high tomorrow is only going to be 26. Right. So it really, and it really depends. I mean, I don't think the ground in my yard yeah. is frozen because we've got so much rain. You still have lately. time, you think? So you still have time. It really depends what your ground is doing. This is where, as a gardener, as a as a homeowner, as a as anyone who has land outside, you need to really be in touch with what your what your situation is doing. And just take whatever you hear from anybody else with a grain of salt because you have microclimates that you could have a zone five and you could have a zone three and in the same yard. Isn't that something? So it, it's wow. really amazing. So it's amazing what you can do. Just get in touch with what your yard is doing. And um, for the lady who just called on tulips, that's called forcing tulips. So Forcing. Forcing. So yeah. that's the term you would want to look up on the Internet to see how long because it's a pretty long time they need to be chilled. Oh. 
Back to the phones we go, Teresa. Steve is calling from Lake Elmo. Steve, you're on CCO with Teresa. Hi, Steve. Hi, Teresa. I have a question. Um, I planted, uh, I've been planting uh, apple trees up north um, and fencing them in, and actually I'm, I'm doing it uh, for the deer. Wonderful. But, but anyway, um, I've got like 18 of them planted, and I noticed this year, before I put the white sleeves on them, that let's see, four or five of them, uh, a mouse or a mole or something got in chewed around the base down by the ground, mm-hmm. uh, the bark. Is that going to kill those trees come springtime? It, it could be. If it goes all the way around, it's called girdling. Yeah. And, and the layer that brings the nutrition up and down from the leaves to the roots and the roots to the leaves is in that very top layer there in the cambium. So if that is compromised and all the way around, that means you've basically strangled the tree. So sometimes it doesn't go deep enough, and sometimes it's not all the way around, and the tree can recover. You, uh, So you just kind of have to see. I know they did that to one of my trees, and it's been hanging on, but it's it doesn't look good. Um, so, so I think going to do. But that is called girdling, and that is one of the reasons why I would say, if possible, and, and what you may even want to do for your trees up north is just use hardware cloth and put the cylinder of hardware cloth around them as soon as you plant them and just leave it there year in and year out until the tree gets big enough to touch the hardware cloth or until the tree bark is thick. Then you don't have to worry about the sleeves going on and off at the wrong time and missing those opportunities. And that hardware cloth will protect it year round too. Okay, good. Thank you, Steve. Good luck with your with your apple trees. Gary, you'll be next. Uh, don't go away. And textures, we have more to come. Text number again is 81807. Our phone number, 651-989-9226. We have another half hour of the show to go, so don't uh, go away. More Smart Garden straight ahead here on News Talk 830 WCCO. And good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden show brought to us every week by our friends at By the Yard down in Jordan, Minnesota. Went uh, driving by there just uh, yesterday. Mm. Not yesterday, Thursday. Thursday. On the way back from Ankato, quick drive down 169. Great folks. By the yard. Thank you for that. Uh, we have a line open for uh, a question for Teresa, Master Gardener. 651-989-9226. Text is 81807. We'll get back to the text questions in a moment. But who's been waiting? Gary has been waiting there to uh, ask you a question. Go ahead, Gary. Thank you. Hi, Gary. Hi. I have four hydrangea bushes that are about... 12 feet tall in length. They're flowering great on top, but not at the base anymore. Can I prune those back and, say, create a bush and start the flowering process over again? You certainly uh, go ahead, prune them back a little bit. I'd especially say cut off some of the flowers uh, if they're a little weaker stemmed so that when the heavy snows come, they don't pull the stems down. And go ahead and, and start. It may sucker up again. It may not. I'm not sure if you have if you have bushes or trees now. I'm not sure. Um, I have bushes. Bushes. Okay. Yep. So it needs a little more light, and that will cause some more rooting to uh, some more um, suckering to come up from the bottom, and then you should get some more uh, some more. Can I put them back down to say 18 inches, 24 sure. inches yep. height? Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay. Thank okay. you. You bet. Right. Very good, mm-hmm. Gary. Gary leaves that line open. Six five one. Nine eight nine nine two two six. Jack is calling from Redwood Falls, Minnesota, with a question. Hi, Jack. Good morning. Hello, Jack. Yes. Good morning. Say about the grass seed. Uh, is that treated? And if so, will that hurt any of the wildlife? Uh, you you probably aren't getting any treated seed. 
Um, you can, of course, ask where you're getting it from if it has been treated with any neonicotinoids or anything like that. And the nice thing is now most of our um, of our insects have gone dormant, so we're okay with, with doing things like that in case it is neonicotinoid treated. Um, but it probably isn't. I don't believe they do that for grass, but I could be way wrong on that. So ask wherever you got it from. Um, even call the manufacturer and ask them because, you know, as 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 um, the people who are using this, you have so much power over those companies to say, I want seats that aren't treated or I want seats that are treated. And by your taking the time to call that manufacturer or ask that, that seller, you are signaling that this is what you want and, and they want to cater to what the what will sell. So go ahead and ask them to find out. Um, it, should, it should even maybe say on the package whether or not it is. But that's always a good thing to think about. You know, if I'm planting treated seeds, are they going to impact? And right Right now, they shouldn't be impacting anybody, but that's and, a good question. And maybe where you purchase them, greenhouse or wherever you purchase, they, you may, purchase, know they may know too. Yeah. And if they don't know, they may want to find out because yeah. if you have a question, other people it's do good too. question. That's a good question. Thanks, Jack. Uh, Betty is calling from Green Isle with a question. Betty, you are on CCO. Good morning. Hi, Betty. Good, good morning. My question relates to perennial herbs. Teresa, do they need that cold winter period or will they do okay in my warm garage in a pot? They should be doing okay in your warm garage in a pot. If the garage doesn't freeze, you'll have to make sure you water. If it does freeze, you want to make sure it's not freezing and thawing and freezing and thawing all winter because every time it goes through that process, a little bit of some of the roots will die and eventually there'll be no roots there. But your herbs are okay. They don't need that winter cold spell. Right, good very question. Good. Yeah, great questions. We have smart, you have, you smart have listeners. Very we have. smart yes. listeners. Very good questions. I like this. You get my brain thinking early in the morning. In fact, uh, earlier, as you know, we were talking about dormant seeding, and a texter uh, wrote in perennial seeds that require stratification. Mm-hmm. You know what that is. Yeah. I don't, but you do. <laughs> it's, winter stratification is what most of our prairie seeds need, most of our perennial, lots of our perennial, lots of our grass seeds need. They need to go through winter cold, hmm, winter okay. winter temperatures. And and so so our prairies grew up like that. So if you want to start prairie seeds like, um, oh, I always, I always uh, the one for, for monarch butterflies. Um, if you want to start those, you don't start those in the spring, you start them in the fall. So you have to plant them now. Because that's when the plants would normally drop. I have that right in the tip seeds. of my tongue, and I, can't I do too. It's just my brain. Uh, <laughs> All I can think of is, is Asclepius, which is which is the other way. It'll come Sorry. to me about it'll three come, in the morning. Yeah, yeah. Or I'll yeah. shout it out. I say I'm leaving. You can also do what's called winter sowing, where you plant them in containers out in January and February um, outside. But the texture about the perennial seeds, mm-hmm. that the stratification, the, the favorite to hear or her or him. Uh, to seed our lupin or lupine, mm-hmm. if the you lupines, prefer. The lupines, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're so beautiful, yeah. All right, let's see. Yeah. Seeding, that's what we're talking about. Tom and Waverly, I think, is on the horn with that. Tom, what is your question? Hey, Tom. Hey, how are you? I'm I have, well. uh, we have a new house, my wife and I, and we had hydro seeding done. Wonderful. Um, early in the year, and but I've got a few spots that I want to upgrade. Mm-hmm. And so I was wondering, is it, you know, I've, I've been told different ways, but can we still overseed here? You know, now is it too late for that to it's, overseed the lawn? It's too late to overseed, but it's not too late for dormant seeding. So go ahead and put the dormant seed down. Make sure you have really good seed to soil contact. They're not going to do anything um, in, uh, till spring, and then they'll come up in the spring. If it's a wide open area, what I would probably do too is if you have any little straw or some some lee a few uh, not leaves um, some straw or some dried grass. After you put the seeds down. 
put a little bit of that over it will disguise those fresh seeds put it, being put down from all the migrating birds. All right. Okay. Good luck. 651-989-9226. That's the phone number. The text number, meanwhile, 81807. Uh, let's see. Brent is calling from Roseville, then we'll grab some text messages. Good morning, Brent. Hey, Brent. Good morning. Uh, I had to replant some um, our arborvita this spring because last year uh, it severe damage and they just didn't make it. Right. So I got good advice from the humorous Minnesota as to how to protect them. Mm-hmm. And it was a barrier around, you know, the arborvita itself. Mm-hmm. But I guess what I didn't uh, really understand was uh, should I actually wrap the arborvita in something or just have a good barrier around it to keep it, uh, you know, from wind and so forth? Uh, what kind of barrier did they say, like a fencing? A fencing, yeah. Fencing, okay. The fencing will probably work just fine as long as you did your job this fall and watered really well. Otherwise, mm-hmm. if you if, if you were thinking I didn't water as much or I have a really sandy soil or I'm afraid the same thing is going to happen next year, all you really have to do is take some burlap and on the outside of one of those fences where the prevailing winds come or where you get a lot of hot sun, just put up a, a, a strip of burlap and that will shade it or break the wind enough to just give those arborvitaes a little bit of relief from either the hot, hot sun that they're getting out there or the dry, dry winds or both sides. So you don't have to wrap them up like mummies. You can just do um, just do that, that strip that'll just break the wind and that will really help a lot. All right. Good luck. Let's get back to the tech screen for a moment. Uh, here's one. <laughs> We had a bumper crop of acorns this year oh, yes. and did not pick them up. Mm-hmm. They are ground in and cannot be picked up anymore. Mm-hmm. What can we do to counteract the damage they will do uh, to the yard? The dog is eating as many as he can, but he's barely making a dent. Um, well, I don't know how good they are for dogs. Talk to your vet about that. That kind of worries me um, because because I know we have to treat the acorns before we can eat them. We have to soak them in everything, and there's a lot of tannins in there. So I don't want your puppy to get sick or blocked up or anything. So so check with your vet on that. Um, there's not much you can do in the spring. You can gently rake them up once the soil thaws a little bit, um, but you want to make sure it's dry enough so you're not ripping up the grass also. And that's just something that happens. You get you get those years where we have these, and this was one of those years where we had a big bumper crop of a lot of seeds and a lot of, of, of acorns and things. It was just one of those wonderful years. So just just rake up as many as you can in the, in the fall, in the spring, and uh, try to... Keep your dog out of them. I worry about that. Yeah. I honestly don't know what that would do to puppy dogs. Squirrels, I think, are fine. The squirrels, but, yeah. and, and bring in a lot of neighborhood squirrels. Maybe they'll eat them up for you. It's <laughs> <laughs> a luck. whole other issue. Yeah, that's a whole right. other issue. Uh, let's go back to the phones. Barbara's calling from Minneapolis, I believe. Barbara, you're on CCO. Good morning. Hi, Barbara. Good morning. I have a question. I bought a new, uh, a young lilac tree, the blue, bloomerang. Okay, mm-hmm. and uh, it's new this year, so I got a plastic collar put around the stem. Mm-hmm. How long should I leave that on? Can I leave it on all summer or take it off in the spring? That's a really good question. You get you get those uh, those collars when you buy trees and shrubs that have a, a trunk, and you want to keep those on between November and March, and then you want to take them off. And what I would suggest anybody, especially if you have a tree that has this, that you cut them in half. So you have two half half um, cylinders, and then just duct tape it back together every year. It's a hard plastic, and, and yeah. lots of people find it hard to, to take off gently. And the minute yeah. you start scratching the bark, you're creating damage where you could get sun scald. You can get breaks. You, you can damage the trunk of the tree or the shrub. So 
Keep it on November to to March. That's when you want to protect it from critters. But then you need to take it off because otherwise a lot of wonderful little critters can live inside there and gnaw away at the bark. And insects and diseases can get in there. And there's nothing that, that will stop them from being there. There's nothing that will pre, uh, prey on them and eat them or or the moisture will build up and you'll get all kinds of diseases. So so if you have to, um, you know, the hardware cloth is a wonderful thing. You can just make a cylinder of that and leave it on 24-7, 365 days a year. The white um, plastic stuff has to come off in March. All right. Thank you, Barbara. Kathy is calling from White Bear Lake with a question. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning, morning. Kathy. Uh, I have a question about a couple of medium-sized willow trees that I plan on cutting down. And I wonder if I can use the shredded tree as a pathway mulch or would it just wash away like pine. I don't want it to wash away. I want it to stay put like a it, it, oak mulcher. Yep, it kind of depends. Um, it probably would be okay. Uh, the willow's kind of a, a stringier tree, so as it goes through your shredder, it kind of you'll have to see what it looks like, but it's probably going to be kind of stringy, so it should be able to be used fine as, as, a, as a mulch, and that's a great way then to, to keep the tree on your property, to kind of honor that tree, or to just if you were really angry with the tree, just now you're stepping on it all the time. But it's a great way to reuse that that right on your property. I would definitely give it a try. It's going to depend upon how it gets mulched up, whether it's a whether it's really chunky or whether you're going to have more strips. All right. I know we have to break. Thanks, Kathy. Thanks. Uh, and uh, before I do, though, we mentioned that By the Yard, the great sponsor of the show, this is such a great time of year for gift giving of, of that furniture, but it's also gift card time. Which is great. You can buy what you want, pick out the color and all of that. We'll talk more about that coming up. By the Art. Thank you for sponsoring this show every week. 37 degrees now. We will be right back here on Newstalk 830 WCCO. And good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show around every Saturday here on CCO in the 8 o'clock hour. Enjoying uh, Teresa's company as usual. If you're just joining us, Teresa Rooney, Master Gardener, is with us again, answering your questions by phone and by text. And as usual, Teresa, a ton of text messages. And it too. took all of us in the studio to come up with milkweed. Milkweed. We couldn't think of that. Yeah, what was that? Yeah, what was that? Yeah, we were talking about winter stratification for seeds. You've got to plant your milkweed now. Uh, texter wants to know, Teresa, is it okay to spray wilt? So we talk about wilt stuff that Bonod mm-hmm. makes. Mm-hmm which is like clear yep, coating yep. Uh, on an evergreen and wrap it with burlap, or is that overkill? That's probably overkill. And you have to be careful because you it, some of those you don't spray on your arborvitaes until the arborvitaes are dormant mm. because it interferes because they have such big, big needles. So you have to read the instructions and make sure. That means your arborvitaes have to be in like frozen, frozen ground, not just going into it. But you probably don't need both. We get this question all the time, uh, and we get it on this show. We get it on Jim Gilbert's show. What can I do to keep the woodpeckers from pecking holes in my house, and what should I put in the holes to stop them? Well, first of all, you get Teresa's book on humane critter control. What's that called? The complete guide or the guide to humane critter control. Actually, what you do is you have to figure out why the why the woodpeckers are there. In the spring they're there declaring territory. So your house sounds really good and they can attract mates, they can declare territory. In other times of the year they're eating insects. Mm. So you have to figure out why why they're there. Actually just hanging a clear sheet like a a, a sheet of plastic a shower curtain over the area they can't grip. 
So oh, okay. they it, they'll eventually go away, um, and and you can fill up the holes with whatever wood putty or whatever wood you filler, use, sure, wood yeah. filler, magic stuff that you can find at your hardware store that they'll tell you all about yeah. that I don't have a clue about, but they'll tell you how to fill those things up. But but that's so figure out why they're there, um, and it could just be that they're eating a lot of insects that are good and th- that you don't want in your house anyway, but you don't want them to to destroy your your wood siding in. I know I've seen people put up uh, old CDs that they don't yep. want. Shiny hang. things work yeah. with birds because the flickering of the light, yeah. they don't know what that is. That can frighten them away. Um, you know, you can try putting up an owl, but you've got to move it frequently, uh, a fake owl. They get used to that. They get used. They're not stupid. I mean, no. they're smart birds. They they know this stuff. But you can't, you can't injure the birds. They're protected species, so you don't want to injure the birds. So you just have to figure out why are they there. And then just hang up the sheet, um, you know, the plastic, and they can't grip on. And that's the simplest thing to do. It's not the most attractive, but maybe you can find a really pretty colored um, shower curtain that, that you know, says something about you to the neighbors and you can hang that up. Just go with it. You know, you got to do what you got to do sometimes. You know, we always, we I guess we do joke once in a while about Creeping Charlie. Yes. Uh, because it doesn't matter. 52 weeks a year, we'll mm-hmm. get questions we about do. Creeping yep. Charlie. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one came in. I think we have a couple of them because you and I were talking off air we about were. that. Mm-hmm. The pricing of my chemically free Creeping Charlie just went up with the Romaine Scare. Yes. <laughs> I, I don't know if I'd eat Creeping Charlie, but no. it's it's edible, but I don't think it's Didn't that Didn't somebody good. say to make tea, tea out of it? Tea out of yeah. the flowers, but okay. I haven't tried that oh. either, so I'm not promoting any of that right now. Texter says this for the uh, tulip bulb caller, I... Plant, Texter says, my tulip bulbs in big pots, leave them in an unheated garage all winter. Mm-hmm. They will come up when they're ready in the spring. Yep. You just you just want that garage just to stay cold or to stay warm. And if it's warm, it's not going to be, it's not going to get chill time. But if you can just keep it cold, it's when it starts heating up all the time in the thawing and the heat and the freezing and thawing, that's when you get the, the things messed up. Texter wants to know... Um, are all of those huge areas of copper-colored grass going to be coming back as quack grass or crabgrass? And I'm wondering if they are annuals rather than perennials. Crabgrass is an annual. So if, it, if it's, I, I don't know what the copper-colored grass is that this, this person's talking about. But your crabgrass is dead. It is dead for the year. It will never come back again. However, it probably set a lot of seeds. The quackgrass is a wonderful perennial that suckers frequently and uh, sends out little little rootlets everywhere and will multiply like crazy. So quackgrass is a, quite a different story than crabgrass. How do I winter my hardy mums? Texter wants to know. Uh, okay, so I'm assuming they're planted outside. You want to leave them up and give them some mulch covering. That would be very helpful. And then cut them back in the spring. Uh, I'd probably even build a little cage around them because uh, just I always tell people to build cages. I just want the world full of little cages and just fill it up with leaves and that will protect the roots. And don't cut them back yet, though. Um, cut them back in the spring. Another texter says, I just got rid of all my leaves yesterday. Good going. <laughs> Is it too late to fertilize and overseed? You kind of addressed address this I wouldn't before. fertilize. It's not too late. It's too late to overseed. It's not too late to dormant seed. There is a difference. You can look it up on the extension.umn.edu. And I wouldn't fertilize it this time. I just don't think it's going to sink into the ground. I think your ground's probably a little too frozen for it. <laughs> I can't answer legal questions. I'm not sure about Teresa. But Texter says, is it legal to kill my neighbor's 
creeping Charlie. Technically, I, from what I understand, it's not legal to kill someone else's plants. However, what you can do is if their plants are creeping into your yard, you can sever them at the property line and then kill the ones on your side and just create a little no man's land between your neighbor and, you know, six, eight, ten inches between on the property line there on your side and just keep that clear and that'll keep creeping Charlie on the other side Um because you can't really go into your neighbor's yard and be killing plants. It's no, unless they ask you to. Right. Um, but yeah, you don't. You just want to keep the neighborhood happy and wonderful. We got about a minute to go. How about okay. a lightning round, real okay. fast? Okay. What's the best way to get rid of maple tree suckers? Cut them. Cut them off. Okay. Uh, when is the best time to prune rhododendrons, and how do you know how far down to go? Right after they bloom in the spring, and you can go back as far as you need to to prune them. Oh, here's a text that says, my dog got very ill from eating acorns. Vet said acorns are very toxic to dogs. So would, that was your point. I would think, though, with the tannins and everything in there, you don't want that. Their, their systems are so much smaller than ours. All right. And again, for those folks that, uh, that have never been or maybe they haven't been to the uh, Arboretum, Arboretum in a long time, uh, urge them to go there. Go to the Arboretum. It's, Take your it's guests. It's wonderful. Take your guests. Show off a gem of Minnesota. And the kids will run outside and lose some energy and give the adults some <laughs> energy. Sleep well tonight. Maybe they'll sleep well tonight. Yes. Yes. Now, how about the uh, website before we go? Extension.umn.edu. And hit a, uh, on the garden tab. Go on the gar- yard and garden tab. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's a great resource. It is I a said. great resource. And if you can't remember that, just ask your question, Raspberries UMN for University of Minnesota, you'll get there. You will get there. Absolutely. Teresa, it's good to see you good as usual. Good to see you too. Enjoy the rest of your holiday. You too. Thanks for coming in on, uh, on this holiday weekend to help our listeners out. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.